This episode has been brought to you by CompleteNutro.com, whole family nutrition. Welcome to the Healthy and Family Show. Each episode features interviews with doctors, experts, and real moms revealing their secrets on how to keep you and your whole family holistically healthy. Your host is David A. Stone, award-winning movie producer, Amazon best-selling author, certified Moringa grower, and founder of CompleteNutra.com, Whole Family Nutrition, which is committed to providing the highest quality, science-backed, non-GMO, all-natural nutritional supplements to keep your whole family healthy. Here's David. Hey, what's going on, everybody? My name is David A. Stone, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Healthy and Family Show. If you're watching this show, that means that you believe the health and wellness of your family should be top priority, but maybe you're a little bit confused with all the conflicting health advice out there. So our goal with this show is to simplify the facts and bring you the doctors, experts, and real moms to give you the tips and tactics that you can use and the secrets that you can use to make you and your whole family more holistically healthy. And so today I'm very excited because we are on episode 11. Can you believe that? And our guest for today is the famous Dr. Jessie Keener. I'm really excited to have her on the show again today. And today our whole episode is going to be on something that's very, very important. We're going to niche down on this episode and we're going to talk about vitamin D3 and K2 and the importance of those on our body and why they're important and what they really do to our body and the deficiencies that most most people have in vitamin D3 and K2 and the the advances and leaps and advances in clinical nutrition. So I'm excited to share this episode with you. And before we get into this episode, I just want to talk about CompleteNutra.com. You can go and check out Complete Essential 6. This is vitamin D3 and K2. This is what we're going to be talking about for this entire episode. And the reason I want to mention this product in particular is because if you go to CompleteNutra.com and you fill up your cart with all these incredible ingredients and put some Complete Essential 6 in your cart, whatever else you put in your cart, at checkout, there's a discount box. In that discount box, I want you to enter Dr. Keener 20, that's D-R-K-E-E-N-E-R 20, and you're gonna get 20% off your entire order. So, and that's even on sale items online. So if you if you got sale items online, that's still gonna take 20% off your entire order. So it's a really good deal. I think you should try everything out. Try it out, see how your body feels because D3, we're not getting enough D from the sun. Uh, very few people are getting enough vitamin D from the sun and we shouldn't be getting sunburned obviously, but we should definitely get sun. Now, if we're not getting a lot of sun and if we're not getting our vitamin D, we need to supplement. And K2 works in perfect synergy with vitamin D for many reasons, but one big reason is it that it contributes to, it's called essential six, because it helps heart health, it helps bone health, it helps mental clarity, it helps blood circulate better throughout your body, and one of the reasons it does that is because the hardening of arteries begins with calcification in your veins and in your arteries. So calcium will start lining your arteries and make them not pliable anymore. It'll make them kind of rigid. And what happens with vitamin D3 and K2 is it actually helps that calcium that's locking locked up in your arteries, making them all rigid, and it helps that calcium transport where it belongs. 
into your bones. So it actually helps strengthen your bones while it's cleaning out your arteries. So this is something that's very, very important for just the, the, the base foundation functionality of our body to protect our immune systems, to protect our brain, to protect our reproductive systems, sexual health, everything. So Essential Six, I would definitely recommend getting a bottle, trying it, and at checkout, like I said, in the discount box, enter Dr. Keener 20, that's D-R-K-E-E-N-E-R 20, and you get 20% off your entire order. So without further ado, let's get into the show. Let's really hear the science behind uh, vitamin D3 and vitamin K2 and why we need it and why we're not getting it in the food that we eat. So welcome, Dr. Jesse Keener. You know, what I'm finding I have to do, Dave, and I don't like it, but I'm having to scare people about this glyphosate gluten thing because they just don't get it. I don't know what they get, but until I say things like, no, I'm talking it can give you cancer. They don't, they don't actually have the right response. <laughs> people are, we're, we're, nobody hears what, we, they don't hear what you're saying until they're ready to hear it. It's like the matrix. Right. Like people yep. won't wake up until they're ready to wake up. And sometimes exactly. when we try to pull the plug and when we start pulling the plug and opening the covers, man, it, it it's Pandora's box makes you want to close the door. Sometimes. Chaos is <laughs> like, well, chaos I got to close that door. Yeah. Chaos is bound to happen. It's question is how do you ride the chaos? Yeah. I think it's be becoming aware, staying aware, knowing that being aware is not, the problem. The problem is all the stuff that we're yeah. unaware of. Yeah. And we don't so want I was to be thinking, aware of it. So, so listen to this. I'm just going to read you this list. So yeah. I went to one of the um, better journals of clinical nutrition because that's where I get the really good stuff. And I'm going to just read you the list of what vitamin D3 with K2 can do for bodies. You ready? Right. And then yeah. I'm going to tell you one more thing before we start the show. So because I don't know if we'll get to talk about all of these individually, but I just want you to hear the list. Bone and musculoskeletal disorders cardiovascular disorders, chronic pain, fractures and falls, kidney disorders, immune and inflammatory disorders, metabolic disorders, neurological disorders, prenatal health, psychological disorders, respiratory disorders, thyroid disorders. <laughs> and the last one that I was reading was actually a clinical trial on cancer, colon cancer and vitamin D, and they found it to be helpful wow. that people that went into their cancer with higher levels of vitamin D had you know, less mortality. Wow. I was hearing a nurse talk about on the COVID stuff. She's like, she, she was talking about the atrocities being done, but she's like, I, I haven't ever been sick. I, she's like, I take my vitamin D. I do. I wash my hands. I do the things I'm supposed to do. She's like, I'm, I'm always fine. Like she mentioned vitamin D. <laughs> yeah. I don't think she's under this. I don't think nurses are under the same political and ethical, if not moral, legal, legal mm. predic uh, predicament that the MDs are. The MDs literally cannot recommend anything they're not trained in. They just can't, they're not supposed to. You know, it's also now, crazy. I was researching magazines <laughs> and I was looking at the uh, a, a JAMA, right? Yes, I was looking at yeah. JAMA. Well, guess what I found? The rate card to advertise in JAMA. And it's expensive. And since they have a week, since they have an issue every week, if you want to be published in Journal of uh, the medical journals, you all you got to do is pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. You got to pay for a spot and then you put whatever well, you, you want pay, and then you're well, published you, you, in a journal. Well, let me just say this. Let me just say this. You, If you put an article in any of these journals, it, it has to get peer reviewed before it appears in the, in the thing. An oh, okay. advertisement is completely different. But if oh, you actually it. publish a study that you ran, because that's what most of this is, is reading studies. 
which I happen to be really good at, so I can get through them really fast before I fall asleep because they're really boring. <laughs> but it's all about it gets peer review. So someone who's not you, who has no political or financial interest in you, oh. runs runs through your work and reviews it and says, I agree, this is the same, this is what I, you know, this is good material, or I disagree. So if you're in those journals, presumably, and again, money could solve this dilemma, but presumably you've been peer-reviewed. Got it. That's the idea is that you're That's the whole thing is your peers accept this work. So I think, you know, in the conversation today, I want to be right out there on the edge as usual and talk about, you know, why doctors don't recommend vitamin D3 with K2. Not only do they not get that information in med school, they're sort of ethically bound not to. And we need to really get people on top of that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. I know. Crazy, right? Yeah. So, I mean, let's just let's just jump right in and talk about uh, first off, we need uh, our bodies need some things. Obviously, sunlight is the thing that, that that gives most of the people vitamin D. And I'm not really sure on the science of that. So it'd be cool to explain. We'll cover that. Yeah. Why our body needs vitamin D. Mm-hmm. And then um, what happens if we don't have enough vitamin D? And yep. then maybe we can a- add on why is K2 synergistic to vitamin D? Yep. Cool. We can do all that. Yeah. Sweet. Okay. So vitamin D is actually a, it's a pre-hormone. So we call it vitamin, but it's really a pre-hormone and it's naturally produced when sunlight contacts our skin. So literally when sunlight contacts the skin, the body manufactures vitamin D or this pre-hormone. A lot like the plants take the sunlight and with, with that they, you know, they can make oxygen. We make this pre-hormone and that pre-hormone actually has a huge handle in how we handle calcium in the body. So everything that's calcium related from our muscles to our skeletal system, our bones, our joints, uh, even the kidneys, all of this is, is dependent on calcium working properly and in the right way. And vitamin D3, it turns out, after decades of study, is the key factor. Mm. So it's essential and we don't manufacture it any other way except for when the sunlight contacts our skin. Mm. So that says a lot right there. That says that, oh, how we were designed was to have a lot of time outside so we could manufacture our vitamin D. Now, that's great, but as decades went on and eons went by and cities were built and pollution got better and bigger and, you know, now, gosh, we're spraying stuff in the sky to prevent global warming, we're really seeing a trend with Western civilization becoming vitamin D deficient. And we're going to talk about the dangers of the deficiency and all that in a little bit, but I just want to bring a second interesting point in, which is in the last 30 years, The emphasis, particularly in Western civilization around sunscreen, it's through the roof. You know, when when I was a kid growing up, we had like two brands, Copper Tone, or I think it was called Swim and Surf or so, whatever. You know, there was a generic always. But, you know, there was no such hysteria as we have right now about the sun causing skin cancer. As it turns out, we've really been sold a bill of good about this. It's really not accurate that normal sunlight exposures to healthy bodies causes any kind of cancer whatsoever, in fact, just the opposite. But what we have are very toxic bodies, 
becoming more toxic all the time, mm. and sometimes foolishly overexposing themselves to the sun. Sun burns bad. A little suntan, good. A little daily suntanning, good. Daily sunburning, bad. Mm. So, I mean, there's there's just this range where the bodies are supposed to get this. It's built into our systems. The only other way we're going to get some vitamin D is going to be through food supplements, and that is just the truth about that. So this is the way God made us. God made us light-dependent I'm going to say that again. God wow. made us light dependent for the health and the and the thrivability of our musculoskeletal system and all the other areas that vitamin D3 works. So you can see as we as we go through these different conversations such as the ones we've been having Dave, you can kind of see in all these different areas where we've really been sold a bill of goods. We've yeah. really been told wrong. We have been misschooled. Uh, some people would say that's an absolute conspiracy. Other people would say, no, if big pharma is pushing for more chemicals to be sold, then you can see that that would slant the research. And of course, sunscreen would look really good. I don't use sunscreen. I put coconut oil on my skin, which acts as a natural sunscreen and kind of a natural sun healer. And I'm smart. I don't go out in the tropics when I was living in Mexico for hours and hours. Uh, but I don't think sunscreen's a good idea. Lately, last three years, they've seen research showing that when you put sunscreen on and go into swimming pools that are chlorinated, it, it literally activates those chemicals, making them even more carcinogenic. So we have, again, the, the big pharma, big chemistry industry of the United States, all of which goes back to the Rockefellers, of course. But we have these folks pushing these products, which not only don't really do a great job, and there's going to be a big cleanup on sunscreens coming, including what does an SPF 50 really mean? Uh, but but we can we can see very clearly these types of instructions given to Western civilized folks like us in America or Australia or Canada. You know, we're going to all unmask do the things we're told to do until we get enough people realizing, hey, wait, the emperor has no clothes. Oh, gosh, if I put sunscreen on my three-year-old and put him with his water wings in the swimming pool, I could be inadvertently creating cancer for him. Oh, gosh, you know, if I don't go outside because of Corona-19 and I stay in my house 24-7, I'm depriving myself of vitamin D3. So it's, it's a very interesting thing when we start to understand how the body really works and what the body really needs to thrive it just keeps going back to nature, right? It goes right back to, wow, we're light dependent. Mm. Not artificial lights, but the very light that they're saying we need to protect ourselves from. So yeah, I think the fear, they're, they're perpetuating fear of the sun. Like, yes. don't go out, be always cover up like all yes. and and I, I do agree with covering up in fact that's kind of my version of sunscreen like you said I use coconut oil but then I I bring a long sleeve shirt so yes. I mean the idea is get sun but so when you're wearing sunscreen the point the idea of sunscreen is that it's going to put a fil film over your skin that will actually like act as like clothes and like reflect the, the, any like negative UV rays from the sun the Correct. problem that we're finding is that, well, what's in the sunscreen? <laughs> I mean, that's yes. the question. And there's only two actual safe forms of sunscreen that the Environmental Working Group or EWG.org, if you want to look at their website, this is a great group. It's a nonprofit, obviously. And they look and they kind of rate all the different things based on you know, international studies, is this dangerous, is this safe? So they come out every year with their safe sunscreen report and they basically say the bottom line ingredients that are safe are zinc oxide and titanium dioxide. Those are the two safe ones. And, the ones and that pretty stay much, white. 
They stay white and they truly just reflect. Mm. And you can get in chlorine and it's not going to activate them and become carcinogenic. Mm. (laughs) And and yet, as you were saying, you have to use common sense. If you put one layer on and go out for five hours, you're really not being smart. It's it's really got to be daily exposure, limited, but but frequently. Mm. Once a week is not going to cut it. (laughs) And then so so when I got into this field, which is around 1984, we only had vitamin D3. We knew that was the best form. There had been enough clinical research reports showing that D3 was preferable to D2. Uh, but in the last 40 years, this new kid on the block, vitamin K2, has come along. And that is apparently a very important synergizer to the D3. Mm. So if we just take vitamin D3, which a lot of the inferior supplement companies, the real cheapo ones, they're just trying to get something in a bottle and charge a price tag. Uh, those are going to be inferior forms of, of the vitamin itself, and they're not going to have K2. And this is a really good time for me to say, I know, we were all taught a vitamin is a vitamin is a vitamin. And you know what? We were taught wrong <laughs> once again. So no, that's not true. The form of the vitamin counts. And is it synthetic versus naturally occurring? Mm. That counts. Synthetic vitamins seem the same, but if it's not from Mother Nature, once again, guess again, Mother Nature knew best all along. So now the new thing is, and I know your your product line has the right form of vitamin D3 with K2 in your essential six, Mm -hmm. um, and that's such a great product, by the way. But now that we know to do that combination, we're seeing even more effects powerful therapeutic results from the combination of vitamin D3 and K2. Mm. So it's a very kind of exciting upward trend in the area of nutrition. I do want to say this for the record because this is kind of mind-boggling. Literally every 48 months, we double our global knowledge bank of clinical nutrition. Every two years. Every two years, the whole thing doubles again, and then every two years, it just keeps doubling. That's how quick, with the internet and global villages and everyone connecting and peer-reviewing each other, we're really making a lot of advances. And this is one that I think every functional medical doctor, every naturopath would agree. You need to supplement between 5,000 and 10,000 IUs of vitamin D3 with K2 every day. I'm hearing yeah. that from pretty much every doctor I, I every research right one. now. Every yeah. good one out there, Dave, right? And um, I also want to say something about why when we go to our internists for our annual physical, you know, even with things like COVID-19 happening, which we're in the middle of right now, right? Why wouldn't a doctor say, you know, Dave, it's a good idea for you to supplement, with, supplement this flu season with D3 and K2? If there's so much information out there, and if a lot of these functional doctors who are now published, have their own websites, have lots of followers, if they're saying do it, why isn't the average AMA doctor doing it? And I think it's a really important inquiry, and the answer is they're ethically and morally, if not politically and legally bound, to only practice the scope of what they've been taught. And in, in modern medicine, you only have three choices, prescribe a drug, do a surgery or get them to radiation. That's really it. So because they're not trained in it, they're not allowed to do it. Which makes sense. That's why they're not that's why that's why they're not training in it because there's no money in it. There's no money in it. And also think about this. It's a very sophisticated, tight little manipulative system because they're not trained in it. With all the advances going on, with everything we know, they're barely being trained in it in 2020, right? So they're not trained wow. in it. Could, could they do outside CEUs? Could they become trained in it? Yes, they can, but they risk being blackballed in their field. They risk 
being politicized. And I and have losing many some lobbyist money and things. Yeah, losing money, maybe losing some fame, maybe maybe you're getting scrutinized by your board now for uh, recommending natural things because that's not the scope of your practice. Mm. So it's a, it's a very interesting place that they're finding themselves. I'm really grateful I never did go and, and get a medical degree as opposed to the naturopathic medical degree that I have mm-hmm. because I, I'm trained in this. I can say this is the right thing. But I want to have compassion for those doctors. They're really stuck right now. I am fairly certain most of them can see above the waterline and see that the globe is waking up to nutrition, more plants in our in our diet, you know, all the good stuff that we're focusing on in this yeah. show. And they're stuck. They can't they can go home and buy it. They can tell their wives we're gonna take it, but they can't actually make that a routine part of their practice. I think that again, COVID-19 being such a grotesque paralysis for the world and such a giant pause button has allowed for a lot of people to look outside of the margins of where they were and go, wait, you know, there's something more to this. I I should be supplementing. I wonder how to supplement. So it's so important that people understand you have to have a baseline program for your supplementation. In other words, these are the things you're going to take day in, day out, no matter what. The only time you might not take it is say you were really ill and had some stomach upset. Maybe that day you didn't supplement, but literally these are the things you're gonna take 365, That that's the thing. And wow. everyone agrees, vitamin D3 and K2, that's gotta be one of the majors on your list. And mm. even if your budget gets shaved down a little bit, that's not one to let go of. You, you've gotta keep going. Mm. Uh, chronic pain people are getting relief from vitamin D3 and K2. Mm. That's an area that you know, 20, 30 years ago, didn't even know there weren't those studies, but now we're seeing it. So that's any kind of chronic pain, whether it's a a minimal, say a 20% pain or whether it's a major acute, I can't walk right now. Chronic pain is resolved partly with vitamin D3 and K2. So that's that's great to know. All kinds of hormonal and metabolic disorders. Since we know vitamin D3 is a pre-hormone, we know that it's going to interface with everything hormonal in the body. So metabolic hormones, sexual reproductive hormones. There have been some great trials showing increased sexual reproduction, whether it's infertility or whether it's, you know, a little bit of a lack of performance. Those things can be enhanced by D3 and K2 also. Um, and, of course, it's essential if you're if you're pregnant and nursing. It's essential because you want to make sure that your baby is developing all the right anatomy and neurological stuff. And interestingly enough, thyroid disorders. So so this is an interesting thing with thyroid. I find it is the second most common female disorder out of 100% of my female clients. It is the wow. second most common. It is rampant and it's so undiagnosed because our medical model only looks at one little aspect of the blood, which may or may not indicate how well the thyroid's working. It's called a TSH or thyroid stimulating hormone. May or may not actually indicate how well the thyroid's performing but if it's in the normal range they say okay we're good we're done so what ends up happening is tons of women mainly western civilized women of course uh are having these slightly low thyroids not enough to bump that that test into an abnormal range but they're not functioning properly and then that Mm. can feed right into the osteoporosis which is the other big area that we know that vitamin Mm. d K2 are essential. So I think about all these women out there that are wandering around 10, 20, 30 pounds overweight, fast tracking into osteoporosis. They have no idea. It's a silent disease. You don't feel your bones losing their density at all. So, and it's just this nasty combination. So 
We can't say that vitamin D3, K2 would <clears throat> fix or solve a thyroid problem, but we can say it's essential to your thyroid health. And if your mom and dad had thyroid or anyone in your family tree had thyroid, if you're female, you're above the age of 12, you're probably going to need to supplement with D3 and K2. The latest research on osteoporosis, and this one's a shocker, says that it begins around age 12. Wow. Yeah, so the moms out there watching, obviously you need to be on it, but if you've got if you've got adolescent girls, you've got to get them on it. And mm-hmm. usually it's a very small, easy to swallow capsule. I'm so grateful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. Not, not hard to get into at all. Uh, there's also some studies, Dave, very interesting about uh, neurological health and even mental disorders being vitamin D3, K2 deficient mm. or being helped resolved or improved using vitamin D3 and K2. So when you think about this one thing, because we now know exactly what it is, it's a pre-hormone, now it's starting to make sense how many places in the body it's going to go and, you know, tell these hormones how to be and what to do and how much calcium here and how much there. So it's it's kind of an exciting, it it seems sort of dull when you think about it, but who cares? But actually, when you really study it, like I have, it's like, wow, this is kind of like an unsung hero for the hormone systems. Mm. And hormones are are used for everything. You know, blood sugar is an insulin hormone, right? So um, I feel like the people that want to get well are going to understand that they've got to kind of take themselves to a a core level of existence where they're going to make it a point to get outside. Mm -hmm. They're going to make it a point to move their body. They're going to make it a point to eat a lot of green leafies and dark green vegetables. They're going to supplement because they understand that that the way the toxins are, the way that the uh, environmental hazards are, the way stress is, that we have to. This is not a, oh, I could if I want to. This is more like, if you don't, you'll likely be sorry. Mm. And, And falling down when you have osteoporosis at the age of 75 and then ending up in the hospital with a fractured hip, how many of those stories do we hear where they never really are well again? Maybe they go home, but they're never well and then they die. And it didn't have to be that way if vitamin D3 and K2 was in their daily diet. So I have this lazy Susan in my kitchen. It's got all my supplements. So after I finish eating, I take my plate to the kitchen. I get my glass of water. I go right over here and I start to, okay, there's my D3 and K2. So I think if you can get into a routine where you're, where you're really forcing the basics, Mm -hmm. that's what ends up being the most valuable. The most fundamental actions will be the most valuable actions. Definitely. So I don't feel like most people need to understand how the nutrients work. I think they need to know why do they need to take it. Mm. And vitamin D3 and K2 is really one of those that you just, you're not going to make enough on your own (laughs) by yourself, sun gazing and sunbathing to take care of all the needs. You're just not going to. Mm. And, um, and so I feel like eons ago when, when humans first evolved on the planet, I think the diet was different enough. There were probably bigger sources of vitamin D in the diet. Right now in the supplement industry, how we get vitamin D3 is actually a byproduct of the sheep wool industry. It, it's it's on the outside of the skin of the sheep, and it's kind of right where the, the wool starts coming out. That is actually a huge vitamin D3 secretion. Mm, wow, so that's it's, interesting. It's, really, it's very interesting. So it's literally not a vegan product, but no animal was killed. You're not eating animal insides. You're eating an excretion that comes out of its skin Wow. that it helps kind of, it's a, it's a layer of like, not fat, but obviously this kind of pre-hormonal substance that, that generates the wool's health. Wow. So, and I didn't know that until about 20 years ago. Wow, that's interesting. <laughs> really interesting. Very, very interesting. I always wonder, David, who the heck thinks this stuff up? Like, <laughs> 
who was that person that said, what is this sticky substance? And let's go run this under a microscope and let's do some stuff. I, I just always wonder how those minds work. So, so again, uh, part of the population I worry about are not only the non-supplementers, but the hardcore vegans who won't supplement with D3 because it's not a vegan source of D3. Um, I know that they're coming out with D vegan sources of D3. Personally, my, my clinical experience with this for decades now is go to the real thing, go to the original form, supplement daily with it, and, and see if you don't have less of the colds, the flus, because that's the other big area that we didn't know about 20 years ago that we now can see is just how it helps generate immune responses. Mm. And if that's not important, I don't know what is. So I, I think that one of the big things that this show is helping do that the times we're in are also fostering is this awareness like, oh, I can't just be in this doing nothing. I, I can't just expect to have great immune system when people are dropping like flies from flus and COVIDs. I need to be proactive. I need to do something yeah. to start you know, building my immune system. I know that's been a very important area for you over the last six months. I know when I definitely met you in Mexico just a few short months ago, you're like, okay, I'm, I'm doing my thing and let's build me up and sort me out. And it's uh, definitely working. Yeah, I'm feeling really good. And another thing that I'm, I, I am getting a lot of sun. I, I saw one study, it's been a couple years ago that said, that a lot of times the people that are the most deficient in vitamin D are the people that are out in the sun all the time because those are the people that are wearing sunscreen all the time and they're all actually the never getting any exposure to the sun. It's so, so they're, sad. They're more deficient sometimes if they're always outside because they're so afraid of the sun that they keep lathering up. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have family members that do it. They're outside a lot with their occupations and they're long sleeve, long pants, you know, caps, collars. Up. I mean, in that case, we like, you have to supplement like you're not going to get it any other you way. You have to. That's the thing. I, I think that, you know, during the 70s, when supplementation became popular in the 80s, it kind of started to boom in 90s. It was exploding. Right. And I think when it first came out, when things like the idea of a packet of vitamins, remember those day packs that came out in the 80s, those were really cute and popular. I think a lot of us thought, well, if I'm sick, I might need to do that. Or if I wanted to go to the Olympics, I might need to do that. But I can be fine not doing that. Mm. And what I want to go on record for saying is those days are over. No, no, no. Look <laughs> no, at the correlation. Can't. 70s, mid 70s, we get we get nutritional supplements starting to come onto the scene. But what, what else we get come on the scene? Glyphosate. Well, glyphosate. glyphosate. So when you're looking at that, it's like, why do we need nutritional supplements? Well, they started at the same time. Glyphosate started taking all the nutrients out of the food. Any any nutrients we were getting in the first place now started deleting, leaving the food as exactly. the food was growing. So so supplementation kind of became right at that time period, uh, probably really important, especially for the American population, which is that nobody really knew it yet what was going to happen. Right. But when you look back. It's so important, the supplementation, and it happened at that same kind of like t point in time. Yeah, a lot of tragedies went down from the 70s to the 80s. You know, we we didn't know what ConAgra was, you know, when I went to high school. But by the early to mid 80s, we, we sure did. And, and we were kind of all waking up going, that can't work out well. And it hasn't worked out well, actually. Right, no, it hasn't. Since the, since the 70s, we've had the flu shot has been invented. I mean, we just had... Thing after thing wow. after thing after thing. Yeah, there's been a lot in, in you know, just, just since the 70s. It's actually kind of remarkable. The uh, the advent of psychotropic, you know, SSRI, things like Prozac, Paxil's, you know, all those serotonin reuptake inhibitors, those started all flying out into the public in the 80s. 
And I, I feel pretty confident that the old definition of depression, which was you have a serotonin deficiency, is now outdated. And there may be a minor serotonin deficiency, but the true depression is massive inflammation, massive, that you're so inflamed that everything is just it hurts. It hurts to live. It hurts to get up. I don't want to do anything. And I, by the way, I've been there. I've been massively depressed before. But imagine if just regular supplementation could make a huge impact in that. Mm. And that's what I see. I see that all the time in clinical practice. So, so we can't do nothing anymore. When we did the glyphosate conversation, I talked about how the staff of life was transformed into the staff, staff of death. You know, this is another example. We can't not get sun. We need it. We were designed in a symbiotic relationship with the sun, for goodness sake. Definitely. So all this being indoors does not work. It can't work. It's going to foster problems. Vitamin D3 and K2 is amazing for inflammation. So in my mind, it keeps coming back to sort of what are the, what are the most essential things? If I could only supplement with maybe five things, Dr. Jesse, what would those be? Number one would be vitamin D3 and K2, and your dose will be anywhere between 5,000 and 10,000 IUs every day. That would be one for sure. And, and probably the next one would be a good omega product, a good fish oil. And probably the next one would be a little bit of vitamin C every day because when we're under a lot of stress, which every American is, whether they think so or not, their bodies will say, yes, I'm stressed. The adrenal glands eat up vitamin C like crazy. So if you're working a job and raising a family, your, your adrenals are just chewing up vitamin C like candy. Mm. So you need to take vitamin C as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I am taking it. <laughs> yeah, good. That, yeah. That's good. I think I think most people are smart enough that those those three things for sure they understand that makes sense to me and I can do that. Yeah. You know, and, and then I'm a big fan of some of the other less known plant uh, foods, even like moringa. So if someone yeah. said I don't have a lot of money, but what could I do? I'd be like, okay, vitamin D three K two. Let's get you on. Let's get you on a good omega. Let's get you on a little bit of vitamin C and let's get you on some moringa. And, and that would be a really good baseline mm, for a lot a of people regimen. that aren't fighting disease processes. Mm-hmm. That's just a real Really nice day in, day out. Um, and then one of the things I found when I was researching vitamin D3 a few years back was that magnesium is also a co-activator for vitamin D3. Mm. So, so magnesium, Dave, this is interesting. Magnesium is the most deficient mineral for Western civilized people. And Everyone talks about calcium, calcium, calcium. Like, like bones, cramps. It leads to like cramping and things? Not everyone, though. See, that's the thing. All bodies are so different. It can lead to muscle spasms and muscle cramps. It can. But not everybody will get that symptom. It can also lead to sleeplessness, nervousness. Uh, It apparently, if you don't have enough magnesium, can lead to depression. So there's a lot of kind of interesting clinical symptoms that the average person may not know or recognize. Just feeling tired and weak can be magnesium. So now, are there doctor, are there off like natural doctor offices where someone could go in and like maybe do a blood test or something and then get results and then the the doctor could say like actually see the results say hey you need some of this you need this this to a different level or is that is that a thing? It is a thing, and the answer is really yes and no. So you can't do a blood test because the the blood will just show what's happening now as opposed to a urine test, which which would be more accurate for Mm. nutrition. So um, you could do a urine test and it can look at your metabolites and it can look at, you know, different things that would indicate the need for certain vitamins. And, and there are labs doing those tests and there are functional doctors who have broken the mold and broken out of the AMA stigma around supplementation and have thriving practices awesome. in, yeah, all over this country. Uh, you know, they don't put ads in the newspaper. Like it's all, gu- it's all Gundry or Gundry. 
Dr. Yeah, Gundry. Like Dr. Gundry. He's an yeah. MD. He's an he, MD. Yeah. There's so many now. There's many, 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 many. Um, but but testing for how much nutritional supplements you need, you know. So say you did do a urine test, you would probably need to do it again once a month. Mm. So that's kind of to the get challenge your rhythm to find the. Mm-hmm. You have to keep tweaking and tweaking and tweaking. So that's the way you would test. You would actually get on a routine, like a you get on monthly a routine, routine yeah. of testing. Because the testing. body's so dynamic. And say you are massively oh, magnesium yeah. deficient and massively vitamin D3. And so you're doing kind of a build it up, build it up for 30 or 60 days. But you won't need to keep doing those doses. But then and you get to you're... see your graph if you continually go get your checkups and yeah. see where yeah. you're at. That's good. I In like my that. fantasy, this is the doctor's office of the future, is you will run these tests. You will then be told this is exactly how you need it to go. And then my real fantasy is they say, and give us a week and we'll have that shipped to your door. You'll get 90 packets of pills and just take one a day after breakfast and one a day after dinner done. And then we'll test you at the end of that and see how and you're we'll doing. And we'll see you in a month. We'll see you in a month and we tweak it. And, the, and their, their manufacturer just makes those little packets. And depending on what they order, that's just what goes into Dave Stone's that. packet. Yeah. yeah. So that's, I think, where this is going. And Lord knows we have the technology for yeah. this. It's, um, it is very interesting how lobbying really does matter. And, and I can say, because I've, I've been involved in nutrition supplement companies that did custom nutrition. We literally sent a urine collection kit to your door. You would collect your urine and put it in the FedEx packaging, call the 1-800 number on the outside. It would go to the lab. The lab would process it, real-time the information over to the formulary. The formulary would make your product and put it in those little life packets, ship it to your door. It was amazing, all based in award-winning clinical nutrition. Now, what do I mean by award-winning? I mean Nobel Prize for medicine were get, was given to various scientists that worked at this lab. Wow. And they were making these formulations based on all their decades of research. Um, that company died during the, the Great Recession. And mm. unfortunately, it's pretty much gone forever. But the, <sighs> that opportunity is ripe. There is the so concept much- is amazing. Fantastic. Fantastic. So that so people wouldn't have to think they could just go, OK, I've filled out the questionnaire. I've, su- I've submitted my specimen. I can go home. I'm done. <laughs> you know? That's what people want. <laughs> they, do. they do. So, I mean, if, if I, too confusing otherwise. And, it, and it's 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 for going mo- to be for a confusing. lot of people. I mean, yeah. literally, literally, you could have two bodies. That's that, that's the thing in textbook learning. You can have everything the same and they require completely different nutrient loads and completely different sources of nutrition. Mm-hmm. You know, you you don't see two cases alike. You just don't. There's no two anything's alike in, in nutrition and bodies. So the exciting part is to start to you know, sort of look forward to where technology can be very user friendly. Mm-hmm. If we brought that kind of nutrition into AMA medicine, can you imagine what would happen? People would, would start to actually get well. Wow. It would it would change everything. And, and maybe we're not going to do that. Maybe we're just going to keep bringing forward more and more organized clinical nutrition. You know, maybe we need a surgeon general and maybe we need a nutritionist general that could tell the public because, you know, the surgeon general came out with, you know, how to eating eating guides and it's all just crap. It's just terrible. Oh, but right. If we, if we had a clinical nutritionist general that was, you know, president appointed, had degrees in clinical nutrition, heck, maybe even won a Nobel Prize themselves as a scientist. These would be the people saying, here's how you eat. Here's how you supplement. 
So um, I think I think the future next five, 10 years, I think is going to look really good for this field and where it's going. Mm. My job is to help people thrive right now. And that's going to mean you got to you got to just kind of get yourself with the basics, get yeah. your baseline supplementation figured out and get really used to doing that every day. Like I, Jesse Keener, wouldn't dream of going on a trip without packing each day's supplement in the little baggies. I have everything lined out. You know, I, I don't want to leave anything up to chance. It was a great and, experience, like like staying with you for for like I stayed out there in Cosme or where was I? Cosme? No, San Miguel de Allende. San Miguel de Allende. It yeah. was great because I was able to see how you know you and Dad like set up all the all your packets and all your supplements, yeah. and then how you took them every day, and like you didn't leave and go to the restaurant without the baggie. Right. And, and and you know it's I think people feel it's. It's it's a it's it's a little bit additional focus for us yes. to remember to do this, but that's it. That it's yes, just a little it. bit additional focus, and nobody and else is doing it around us. So that's right. why maybe people feel a little bit weird, like, oh, people are gonna think I'm. I don't know what people are thinking, but but yeah, you know, I was taught a long time ago that what others think of me is none of my business. That's a good point. So I like that. <laughs> I, I got over that a long time ago. <laughs> You have to remember, I was the girl that took her chopsticks out of her purse at every restaurant at the age of 26 and proceeded to eat whatever the food was in Austin, Texas with chopsticks so she could teach herself to chew, chew, chew and slow down. So that right about there is where I gave it up about wondering what people thought. Yeah, that's awesome. So I, yeah. I mean, one of the things that I want to circle back to is you had mentioned that the AMA doctors uh, they might they're they're not trained in clinical nutrition and if no. they start talking about clinical nutrition they might get almost shunned which i find to be uh almost a manipulative mind game and, and more of like yeah. like peer reviewed it's like peer pressure almost it's like i i uh, as a doctor maybe you don't even you don't want to say what you know because you know you're going to get the backlash. You know you're going to get friends of yours that are going to yeah. be like – that completely just think it's stupid or flat earthy or something like that. And oh, then very much. They're going to make much. you feel like you're less of a doctor. And Correct. so I think a lot of people, if we don't have a strong self-image that you said it's none of your business what other people think about you. If we can't <laughs> culture that, then we're going to be like – just we might we might keep our mouth shut when we shouldn't. Right, right, and and, and I think I think there's I think there's a lot of suffering going on on both sides because of that. Mm. I think I think that's very astute, Dave. Because I, I think that the professionals, by and large, really do want to help their patient. Every single one that Definitely. I've ever met, and I've met a lot of MDs, they all sincerely want their patient to do well. Definitely, I haven't met a bad one. I know there's a couple of bad ones out there, but I haven't met them. But the reality is, you're right. They're they're suppressed. They're, there's like a giant thumb that they're under, and they're not allowed to. And they know it's not normal. It's not standard operating procedure. And and so it's almost like being in the military. You know, you just don't want to step out of line. There's going to be repercussions, and you don't want that to come back on you. And, and there's also nightmare terror stories out there about people overdosing on supplements or someone took so much niacin they were at the hospital and and I think that those stories about the bad experiences with supplements are also fuel for some of these medical doctors to say no I, I don't think you should be taking that mm. uh, I, I actually had that happen to someone that I know they took too much niacin so this was a person whose personality is if one pill is good then five should be five times as good. <laughs> All right. and he took five niacins because um, his nutritionist said, you need niacin and, and take one a day. So he took five 
and forgot that he took it. And literally an hour and a half later was red and heat was pouring off of him. And he thought he thought he was either having a stroke or, you know, he drove himself to minor emergency and got chastised. Rightly so. But the doctor ended up saying to him, Craig, I don't want you taking any supplements ever again. So they sometimes use those horror stories to scare people and frighten people. Yeah. And, and, uh, and that's not good. CompleteNutra.com. Hi, Dr. Jesse Keener here. And we're going to talk today about Essential Six. The reason this is called Essential Six is literally because it's essential to your basic well-being. Its main uh, superstar is vitamin D3 coupled with its, with its synergistic cofactor K2. Why are these so important? Because they really support immune function, but science also has found out that this combination really supports sexual reproductive health, cardiovascular health, and in many, many clinical trials and clinical nutrition, we've seen that even disease reversal, things like Parkinson's, uh, MS, etc., in higher doses of vitamin D3 than your daily allowance. This is your daily amount, which is 5,000 IUs of D3 with the exact correct cofactors. And um, if you're fighting something, say you're coming down with a cold or if I feel like I'm coming down with something a little sore throat, I'll actually increase this to one three times a day for a total of 15,000 IUs. Do that for a few days in a row to kind of jumpstart the immune system, get things moving on the right track right away. So the interesting thing is that you know, our, our doctors, our medical doctors, the AMA, really don't study clinical nutrition. So they're not the ones to go to for this information. You really have to work with people that have been trained in clinical nutrition and have read the trials and understand why things like vitamin D with K3, K2 are so important. So again, Essential 6, it works in six different directions of the body's functions. Everyone, mom, dad, kids above the age of 12, everyone needs this, college kids for sure. So get your Essential 6. Nutra.com, whole family nutrition. One more thing that we haven't covered ever that I think is worth mentioning. I, I said briefly that vitamin D3 and K2 is essential as a prenatal support. I want to just go ahead and tell the truth about prenatal vitamins. 99% of the prenatal vitamins out there are bunk. And if you got it prescribed mm. by your OBGYN, it is toxic mm. and won't have anywhere near the nutrition that you really require. So that, that is just a very bad deal. Mm. So there are supplement companies that manufacture for the pharmaceutical industry, such as these prescription-only prenatal vitamins. As an example, only one of many. And they use the cheapest ingredients. They use toxic fillers. They use toxic dyes and colors. I can't help. <laughs> for a pregnant woman, right? Can you even imagine? So uh, you're way better off putting together your prenatal yourself. You can you can look up any any supplement company's prenatal vitamin and make a decision right then and there. Mm. Do I want to buy that product? There, the good news about the last 20 years is there's been some great prenatal vitamins that are out on the market, but they're not prescription, you see. So that old mindset of if my doctor prescribed it, it must be the best. Yes. Throw, throw that out the window. That that one died probably wow. in the 70s. Yeah, You're it's not right. That, that is terrible. still a hook. If, if, a if we can hook. get it on the shelves without a prescription, sometimes we, we think it's lesser of a medication. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. One more fascinating thing that just huh. it, it's related to vitamin D3 as a topic, so I'm going to pull it in here, is that many times I'll have a client come in and they uh, maybe they're new, as an example, and we're doing the intake and they say, oh, and I was vitamin D3 deficient last year. When I did my physical, my doctor actually did my blood test and called me up and said, they called me and said, you're vitamin D3 deficient. 
So I went to the pharmacy and picked up my script and I said, okay, good. And how did that go? And they said, oh, it went fine. It was 25,000 IU pills. Okay, normal dose is five to 10,000. That's a normal dose in clinical nutrition. These were 25,000 IU pills and you take one a week for four weeks. So I'm wondering out loud, why would a product want to force that much vitamin D3 through a liver at once? It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So <laughs> again, if you go to your doctor and you get your, you, you should ask for your vitamin D3 levels to be checked. You should always do that once a year. And if you are low, <laughs> they're going to prescribe that. Don't go pick it up. Just don't. Mm. Just, just thank them, thank them and go to a really good nutritional supplement company <laughs> and get your vitamin D3 and K2 mm. and take your 10,000 IUs every day. Lastly, but also importantly, the lab is the one who sets the standards for all your blood tests. So no matter what you're running a test on, your normal range was actually set up by the lab itself. And how they do that is they look at all the scores coming in and they take out the top 10 numbers and they knock out the bottom 10 numbers and they start averaging and right there is your normal range. Well, what we found out about vitamin D3, looking at international clinical nutritional peer-reviewed science, is that where you get the real disease re reversing, uh, say things like Parkinson's, cancers, diabetes, you know, these kind of uncontrollable and unmanaged situations, the blood tests were coming in at 60 to 80,000 IUs. So you had to keep taking it and, and building up and building up because you don't want to force a lot through the liver all at once. You want to just do a little mm. bit of but when they got them up to 60,000 IUs, and that's when the diseases started to go back away. That's when they started to see remissions. Wow. So I want to say that very clearly out loud. In clinical nutrition, remissions are normal. It's expected from the protocol. It's expected. That's what mm. we expect because there's been protocols like this before. So we know it's just not in the public knowledge yet. It's not in the AMA's mouths yet, but we know mm. through global science that Many diseases can be reversed with higher and higher levels of vitamin D3. Wow. I just, yeah, I know, right? I just don't rec recommend the 25,000 shotgun once a week. That's just kind of rude to the liver. Better to do 10,000 a day and just keep building it up over time. You know, you named, you helped, because we had the, the vitamin D3 K2 in, uh, in Complete Nutra, and you named, you helped us come up with the name, which is why we called it Essential Six, is because there's six foundational main areas, big areas that it, that it helps your body with. Now, when I was researching more of this, one of the reasons, a, a couple things that it, it does, you, you can correct me if I'm wrong, is the D3 and the K2, you said it helps your heart and it helps your bones. And so yes. one of the things that I'm learning is it, what it does is it helps your blood flow better yes. because it, it takes the calcium out of your arteries and puts it into your bones. It into actually your bone. transports it and, and, and makes the calcium go where it's supposed to go because without that, what we do is we get tough, stiffened arteries. So, because the, yeah, the calcium. Yeah, it goes on the walls of the artery and that's what actually causes the hardening. It also so, goes to the so kidneys get, and makes kidney stones. So, we get more elastic uh, arteries. Yes. Or, 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 so we have less heart problems because there's less hardening of the arteries and we have less bone problems because it's transporting all the calcium to the bone. And then Correct. we get 
better functions on our whole body because now our blood flows better and cleaner throughout our body. Is that, does that make sense? That, that, that is absolutely correct. Yeah, very good. Yes. Cool. <laughs> yeah. And how important is that? Especially with today's work environment where people are sitting at computers day long, like six, seven hours, eight hours a day. That is a recipe for stagnant blood. That is one of the biggest things is stagnant lymph, stagnant blood. That's and if why you can, the acidic moving is really, or, or non-moving, what is it? Uh, yeah, okay. Sedentary, yeah. Sedentary. Be too still for too long is a terrible thing for the body. That's another thing that you have to look at foundationally. So we said in the beginning, we have a symbiotic relationship with sunlight. That is our design. We are in the light. It gives us vitamin D. Everything works great after that. We are also completely moving creatures. We are not designed to sit still. We are designed to roam. We're designed to work. We're designed to hunt. We're designed to go find the berries and eat them. But we are not designed for sitting still. And this indoctrination of little kids putting them by age six into desks with chairs and sitting still and wow. the, the whole thing. So that by the time we get out of college, we're trained to expect to sit at a desk all day. That's what we want. If we're lucky, we get to sit at a desk all day. Completely insane. I mean, just mm. the whole model is is steering people away from their well-being. It's robbing them wow. of their well-being. And it doesn't mean it's the only way to learn. Before a chair was ever invented, how did young children in that hunting-gathering child tribe learn? The elders taught them. That's all. <laughs> So we've got this huge thing And they thing sat all on the up. floor and they had more flexibility. Yeah, they sat on rocks, they sat cross-legged on the floor, you know, whatever. So so we had this, you know, it's it's a very interesting time to be alive because we have this sort of fantasy world that we've created with all this technology and all this creature comforts, but we're also all kind of waking up and going, uh, it's a little empty in here and there's some things that don't really work in here and you know, maybe maybe we need to not be in here. You know, so the ideal classroom, since we talked about my fantasy of the doctor's office of the future, my ideal, ideal classroom would be weather dependent, mostly outside and often walking while learning or reciting or teaching. And recitation would be more like learning important things and memorizing them like, you know, <laughs> calcium helps my bone build strong and you're on a hike and you're reciting things like that. This repetition and, and adding and subtracting, all that stuff, that's very basic stuff that can be taught in multiples of ways. So that's we a good, need that's to a really, great point. Yeah, totally. You know, we need to really break out of that box. It's a terrible box and then it creates stagnant adults that, that you know, get cancer and diabetes and heart conditions because they're operating outside of the design scope of their body. And I find it fascinating. You know, uh, you take Joe, he's 60 years old, he's getting ready to retire in five years, he's worked at a desk his whole life. Joe would never dream of taking his Toyota Camry to the Daytona 500, because he knows that car is not designed for that. <laughs> but Joe will have a sedentary lifestyle, not take supplements, eat fast food when he feels like it, drink a couple beers every night, and wonder at 60 why he just can't even move. Mm. And it's because we're dishonoring the design scope. And I think that, that a proper physician needs to know the design scope, needs to teach the design scope, and needs to model it in their own lifestyle. And that's another thing we've gotten so far away from. Like if you, you go to a doctor and you're sitting in that little robe that's tied in the back and you're feeling all kind of cold and shivery in their air conditioning, they don't ask you any questions about exercise. They rarely ask you any questions about vitamins or supplements. You know, that the whole thing is just this weird abstract in my mind. It's it's not real. It's not like mm. Dave, Dave, who are you? 
and and you know what's your what's your lifestyle like yeah and how many meals do you average and how many poops a day do you have and i actually ask all those questions in my intake because you have to mm. because if we don't if we don't catch that stuff and address it then that person's going to not get their goals met in my care so it's critical that we look at that and i just tell them the truth okay well your goals are great but if we don't get you moving we're not going to get there so I just tell them the truth. If you don't move your body, you're not going to get to those goals. If you don't get outside, and I've had people argue with me about the sun, really argue vehemently about if you don't get outside and get at least 20, 30 minutes of, of sunlight on your body a day, you may not thrive through flu season, and then they want to argue about that. But the reality is, no, that's really how you do it. That's mm. how you do it. Yeah. So it's it's an exciting time for you, I'm sure, to be doing this show where you get to bring all these different talents together and really help your audience see What's possible? What's different? You know, yeah. We need people to follow. We don't always want to be thinking of ourselves as followers, but thank goodness someone else has already broken the ice a few times on this Definitely. stuff. This is not new. This has been going on. You know, people have been supplementing now for, for nearly 50 years. And that's that the most was, encouraging part for me is that this isn't yeah. new stuff. We just, no, not we just need to like get it out into the, the, the open. Um, it's just... There's this peer pressure thing that, that just, there is it, a peer it, pressure. It's like a blanket covering yes. everything, like I a agree. heavy blanket. Very dark, dense blanket. It's, it's yes. the same thing I was hearing. You mentioned uh, Zach Bush to me, and I've been researching yes. him too. He Sad mentioned it. the same thing is happening uh, with physicians not knowing about clinical nutrition. Well, the same thing is happening for the farmers with GMO because yes. in these areas where these huge farming areas in the Midwest, well, all the farmers know each other and what happens is they're all using GMO crops. Now, if one of them decides to go to natural uh, agriculture, that person is ostracized. And yes, so most yes. people are don't do it because they're afraid of the peer pressure of the other farmers in town. Yeah, that's why in India they had to run all the GMOs out all at once. They had they, And mostly the women mobilized because their husbands were already dead from suicide, by the way, because they had failed their crops. And they ran them out because they saw their demise right around the corner. And I think one of the reasons this is actually the case is like we're acting like, oh, these other farmers are are trying to drive them out. Well, actually, it's the owners of the glyphosate because what happens is, yes, it is. They, they buy hundreds of thousands of acres and then they get they ask farmers to come and live on the property to to rent it out and to farm that area. But they have to use their seeds. So they have really, to use their seeds. It yes. comes from the very top. And this is what I love yeah. about Zach Bush. He's taking 5 million GMO acres and for with his Farmer's Footprint Initiative and converting it to regenerative agriculture. Yes. It's, yes. it's so exciting. It's so exciting. But it's we got to break that to stigma. But that, 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 well, we that have to. Pressure, we the have high to. school B, BS. It's like going yes. on on the top levels of things. It's such BS and it's, it's such a con job. I mean, yeah. listen. I, if I'm in a car accident and I've got a severe laceration on my thigh, I want AMA, you know, I want EMS, I want mm. AMA, I want surgeons, I want whatever they got. Definitely. They are awesome yeah. at crisis, crisis intervention. They have nothing on how to thrive. They have nothing on how to regenerate organs and glands, which good clinical nutrition you know, expects to be able to do that. They have nothing on how to reverse the aging process. 
They're limited by the scope of their training. We can cut, we can burn, and we can drug, and that's what we can do. So, and that's so the other you know, thing, again, the point we we're not. I don't think we're, we're we're saying that there's a big benefit to AMA. It's just yes. there's a big gap in the knowledge Huge. base. It's so Huge. necessary, like hospitals and doctors and and critical. surgeons. We gotta critical, have them. We need right? them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for any kind of thing. But not prevention. Nobody's talking they, about prevention in AMA because it's not about that. Well, you have to remember how the AMA was started. Prevention would be like a, that would be like the Antichrist for the AMA because they were founded through the Rockefeller grant based in the new science of analyzing petrochemicals because the oil industry had happened and Rockefeller had standard oil. He had tons of money. He was huge. In fact, Standard Oil was such a big, powerful oil company, the U.S. went after it and said, it's a monopoly. We have to break it up. I That's remember how that. Yeah. He was like a billionaire already. Okay. So he said, oh, I have all these science guys and they're telling me how great these petrochemicals are and they can break them down in different components. He goes, let's figure out a way to make that consumable for people. We're going to change medicine forever. We're going to get people on these as medicine. So what am I saying? I'm saying that is so odd. Products of the oil industry were figured out how to how to manipulate and titrate and do different things with them and then get them in people's mouths through the doctors. Oh my gosh! That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh my gosh! So nothing natural. In fact, all the naturopaths were stamped out and <sighs> run out. Not only nothing natural, everything from the petrochemical industry. I, I, Fascinating. It's just fascinating. So that became pharmaceuticals. Yes. Basically. Yes. Like oil yes. derivatives. Yes. Add, yes. Adding heavy metals, adding other toxic things to it. It's like, you bet. What, hey, we've got all this fluoride. Let's try throwing that in and we'll call it Prozac. <laughs> Whatever. See what that does to people over yeah. the course of a whole yeah. bunch of years. It's, it's kind of well, like just stu studying. It's like human studies. They're just tracking and studying. Because they have no liability. <laughs> Not really. I mean, there's some liabilities. Yeah. And yes, they do get sued. But but the whole thing is, it, to me, the whole thing is just, it, it's, it's a fantasy that someone had that they enrolled enough people and they had enough money to just make this thing go. There was no commitment to how can we have humans thrive. In fact, at the same time that he was doing that, there were humans asking the question, how do we make them thrive? And there were some great Americans doing that. And one was the last name Kellogg, who had a retreat center because he had figured out that people should have more fiber in the diet because at the turn of the 1800s and the 1900s, it was like potatoes and meat and carrots. Mm. And he was like, no, we need more grains. We need more vegetables. We need to have greenery. We need, you know, let's get their, their fiber intake up. And that was the beginning of the Ke Kellogg cereal chain, which is now, of course, a Roundup glyphosated toxic yeah, bomb. It got bought out. So those people were laughed at by the AMA. So this thing, this stigma about the naturalists and the natural, that was there from the beginning. It was inherent mm. in the founding of the AMA. Mm. So when you have sort of a state of mind and a state of being in your, in your makeup, in your foundation, literally, of course, you know, all these years later, what is this now? A hundred and some odd years later, that stigma is still there. Mm. No, we're going to stamp out all these natural guys and girls and we're just doing our thing here. Fascinating. Wow. But that's yeah. why we need lots of us. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the, the thing lots too of, is that the, just like you had mentioned in our, in our 5G episode is we're, we're trained 
to not do anything until it's super urgent to do something. So you, you're, I was like, what is it going to take for people to realize that 5G is bad for you? You're like, it's literally going to take a bird falling out of the sky next to a 5G tower. Or it's right going to take head, yeah. someone <laughs> talking underneath the 5G tower and their nose starts to bleed or their ears start to bleed. Pretty much. Yeah. That, then people can be like, oh my gosh, we should not have 5G. We got to like, run for our lives. Until yeah. then, everybody's like, eh, whatever. You know, yeah. and, and I think that we're trained to just like in screenwriting, it's gotta be a life and death situation. The, the preventative measures are not sexy. They're not urgent necessarily. Not at all. And no glamor. The cure, the cure or the, 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 the fixing the urgent matters. Like whenever something's, we just wait till it's all the way urgent and then we go in and then yeah, we might need some surgery. We might need something else. But, or we might not, we might be able to fix it with clinical nutrition, but we're already in an urgent state. It's like, if you go to the doctor, which happened to a friend of mine a few years ago, he go into the doctor, they told me I had lung cancer, he's 32. Immediately they tell you you have cancer, what do they say? You're gonna die like next week, we gotta get in there now, we gotta give you chemo, we gotta get, like, they don't let you think it's like yeah. they're not saying, okay, look, you have cancer. Let's take a week. Let's sit on this. Let's really determine some options on how we can move forward. No, they're right. like, let's give you rounds of chemo and radiation now before yeah. we really, and let's biopsy this and, and, and crack open your, your yeah, egg. Let's open up that thing and, and get it spreading really fast. Immediately they gave him a biopsy. He was 32 and immediately the cancer went and spread everywhere, all into his body, like in a day. And yes. then they're like, oh gosh, now it's spread. Oh, so we now gotta we got to really get in there. <laughs> give you chemo. Then they did, and he, he almost died. And then he came back, and he had some strength again for another week. What did they do? Hit him with another round of chemo to finish it off. Yep, yep. yep. It's, it's, just, un it's I, unbelievable. The cancer industry is, it, it, the whole thing is really evil, and it, nothing in our cancer industry works. There's actually nothing that works. I mean, can you cut a tumor out and have the patient live and live well? Yes. Yes, you can. But the odds are against it because the tumor happened for a reason. And if you cut it out and the patient heals and seems to be fine, the reason was never addressed. So there's going to be another tumor or another yeah. cancer somewhere else. And it's just going to keep on moving. You know, cancer is the is the natural way of telling the body that you you either change now or forget it. Mm -hmm. But the change has to be a hundred percent. It can't be. So a then change. we just like we just cut it out. Don't worry about changing. Just don't worry back. about changing. We're just gonna cut that just out. Come back when it comes back. Right. Yeah. Because it and will come back if you if we just cut it out and don't change anything else in our lifetime. Like the yeah. cancer is a sign. Yeah, cancer is the sign that you've really messed up. You've really neglected your body. I only saw one case where that wasn't true, and that was a Vietnam vet who was poisoned with Agent Orange. Mm. So his cancer was not him screwing oh, up. That gosh. was a war, right? Every other cancer, it's the body saying, I can't take this anymore. And actually, making something into a tumor is a very intelligent way of protecting the rest of the body. So what the body does is it keeps trying to get your attention with different symptoms. You don't do anything. You don't change. It's you It's trying to extract waste it's and, and it's not to able to it. get rid of yeah. the waste. And if you don't make any changes, then it's going to encapsulate that terrible thing, you know, and put tissue around it and maybe several of those because it's trying to protect the rest of you. So cancer is actually the body's last ditch effort to save your life. That's what cancer actually is. It's the last ditch effort. So we, you're right. We have a very bad 
way of orienting with these tumors. Well, first we're going to biopsy it. Oh, great. So then anything in there is going to come out for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And just... then the complete neglect that the body generated this for a reason, like that's off the table completely. Yeah. But in naturopathic medicine, and I'm sure other forms of natural medicine, we have to ask that question like, all right, so how did this get here? Like, why is the body doing it like this? And you it's know, like you turn outcomes- your hose on full blast and then you kink the end of your hose and you have tons <laughs> of water pressure and it's going through this hose, but it's not going anywhere. So all not of a sudden it, it pops a little pssst, and then it's like a little bubble comes out of the hose because that's the only where the pressure can go. And so exactly. I feel that that's kind of like what's happening with cancer. It's like, it's like, but see, our body is smarter than that hose. Our body builds the protective layer around it. We call yes. it a tumor, but what we make it wrong. The reason it's there is because our 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 waste, the waste, supposed to we're supposed to be getting rid, but we're we're overloaded with toxicity on overloaded. on every single level. When the detox processes get bogged down, and with the toxicity of our chemicals and pesticides and fungicides and EMFs and glyphosate. Cancer is inevitable. If you're not detoxifying, it's pretty much a good given that you're going to get cancer in our world today. And I would never have thought when I became a naturopath that I'd be able to say that sentence Mm -hmm. and mean it. But I mean it. If you don't have your detox processes going, you'll probably end up with cancer. Mm -hmm. That's just the truth. Yeah. And if you're not supplementing, you're probably going to end up with cancer. I've also heard that all of our bodies actually have cancer present, but it doesn't get enacted necessarily unless we're really clogged up or too overloaded toxic. Is that true? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Which is why I'm not afraid of cancer. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> it's part, it's I, part I of really us. know how to detoxify. It's the final protection layer. It's the, the final, final lever. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So you can see how the AMA approach is just completely wrong. Yeah. They're looking at this thing as the cause. And no, that's the final symptom in, a, in years of stuff not working right. But again, the AMA doesn't detect for those things. We don't have AMA tests that look at, is your liver detoxifying properly? Do we have that information? Yes. Does the test exist? It actually does. Wow. Is it being run in the AMA? No, it's not. Mm. <laughs> so, so, you know, they're not looking to see, is this body... Well, let me say it differently. They're not checking to make sure the body's detox processes are working well. They're not checking on that at all, which is good for them because then they'll get a lot of diseases to treat later. But if they actually use the science, which is globally available, to make sure the detox processes of the body were working well, then they wouldn't have a long-term patient. And so when we're talking about D3K2 with like maybe maybe clearing the blood will flow a little bit better through your body. Uh, the, the veins and arteries will become a little more elastic. Is that helping uh, is that helping with waste extraction too? I mean, is that helping not directly but indirectly? So there is a there's a correlation and it's a good one. So not a direct. In other words, having enough D3K2 won't instantly cause cells to start opening up and draining out their toxins. However, having enough D3 and K2 will reduce inflammation, which will actually get the cells to a state where they can open up and detoxify. Mm. Inflammation prevents detoxification. Mm. That's not really well known out there yet, but that's a good one for us to keep telling people over and over. If you're inflamed, there's no way you can detoxify properly. Wow, which is so many people. Right. So many people. That's why D3 and K2 is my number one supplement 
followed by omegas because if you if you go down that pathway, you're really addressing the inflammation, you're addressing the elasticity, you're addressing the flow of the blood. Uh, so that that's really critical. Mm. Moving is also critical. <laughs> Moving Definitely. the body keeps the detox processes working. Yeah, I mean, actually, when 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 I hit the million steps this year, uh, my I did get a I, I had a little bit of kind of joint uh, tenderness because <laughs> I was walking every day and I hadn't done it ever before, and um, you know, but I think and it was just a little tenderness. It's better now. It was I did take a, a like a week off walking, and then came back and but I I think that. The thing is, it's hard sometimes for people to stay on these regimens because it's, it's more of a subtle feeling. It, it's a subtle, uh, you're not necessarily feeling the, 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 the change. And I think pharmaceutical companies right. really want to make sure that if you take a pill, you feel it. Like, yeah, that's a good point. The advertising is, is all there around that. You should, you should get results. And, you know, there's so much different in today's world than it was even 50 years ago. So now you have to be disciplined. You have to take time out of everything else you do to go outside and move your body. You and I have talked about this before. How we evolved was work and play and eating and exercise. Everything was all one. You and I in our hunting gathering tribe would go down to the river and bathe and drink water and get water. And we'd haul our butts all the way back up to where, where our cave was. Then we'd go hunting and we'd go gathering. And so work and food were combined. Talk about leverage. We were very leveraged back in those days. Holistic. And now it's all isolated and separated and not there's no holism whatsoever. So it is very different. Feeling well is actually a foreign state for most people. Most people oh, watching so this sad. show will actually have no idea what being well feels like. And it is subtle. And it is also profound. And it is sad. And then we, will, con- we, are. And then we will convince ourselves that... Uh, I'm just getting old. I'm just yes, getting old. Yeah. It's like, well, no, it's and not And our to be medical model that. perpetuates that yeah. on every level. Wow. I remember when I turned 40, I started having trouble with my eyes. I could see that my reading was getting a little bit blurry. Went in, and the, the doctor came in after he did my exam. He, said, he came back in. He said, I just looked at your chart, and guess who just turned 40? And I said, I did. He goes, and guess who's losing her eyesight right on track, right on schedule? As soon as you turn 40, that's when it happens. So all these things are perpetuated, we're told over and over. It's normal for your eyesight to deteriorate as you go into 40. It's normal to have joint pain when you're 40. No, those are signs of imbalances. It's not normal at all. But our our culture just keeps hypnotizing us. Yeah, of course, if you're 60, you should have trouble keeping your weight down, Jesse. Yeah, of course, you're 62 now. You you probably can't keep up. But that's not really accurate. It's just... It's just what we're taught and what we're told. And it reminds me of the old story of the, the woman that asked her mother about the roast and the mom always cut the roast in half and put it in the oven and the woman's on the phone with the mom. She's like, okay, so I'm, I'm just kind of confused here because I looked at this other recipe and they don't cut the roast in half. And the mom laughs and goes, honey, I cut the roast in half because our oven was so darn small. But the girl grew up thinking that the way you make a roast beef is you cut it in half. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're so we have a mis- lot of that going on. We're mistaken you know, things like th- th- that we, we think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so, you know, we have to question things and we have to try things and we have to run experiments and we have to just, just, you know, try something new and try something different because a lot of the old 
is being outgrown. A lot of the old, I don't have to do anything. I can just expect to live to my 80s and be fine. No, that's gone. And Nobody trying can expect to outrun that. or outsmart nature or our bodies is just not the right thing Ridiculous. to do. We need no. a partner <laughs> with she nature and our bodies. She always wins. Yep. Yeah. So I, I love that we've had this conversation because I think we've covered some really great stuff and I can't wait to do another show with you, Dave, because our topics are always good. I think the next topic that's really coming to me, I mean, at some point we could talk about Moringa, but really I think Moringa is a piece that can help a lot of these topics we're talking about. So I like the yeah. overarching big ones. And one of the things that I think is becoming so prevalent and most, a lot of people don't really know what it is and I necessarily didn't quite know what it is. I think I need a lot more illumination is metabolic disease. Like Ooh, that's a that one. <laughs> big one that I think we, we need to hit on. Cause I've been hearing it being talked about a few places, but really not a lot. So and do you mean metabolic syndrome? Metabolic syndrome. Yeah, I'm actually expert in that. I was very blessed. I met a scientist years ago who was a genius in this category. So he taught me some tricks. So that will be a great show. Cool. It'll also be a show, I think, that helps an enormous amount of people because this is a very serious issue in America. 70% of our population right now is metabolic intolerant. So we got to do that show. Let's do it. And I don't think Let's a lot of people know that they are in metabolic syndrome. No, they don't, but we can help them get the pointers on that. We can also teach them how they can reverse that. Even if their mom had diabetes and dad had heart disease, it's often that we can reverse that using clinical nutrition and just smart eating. There's there's definitely so a one-two punch in reversing it, and we'll get into the details of that. Awesome. Thank you, Jesse. Yeah. This was so much You're fun. You're so welcome. Such a pleasure, Dave. Yeah. Thank you for joining us for the Healthy and Family Show. Visit our website at healthyandfamily.com. That's healthyandfamily.com to see what all the other doctors, experts, and real moms have to say about keeping your whole family healthy. This episode has been brought to you by CompleteNutro.com, Whole Family Nutrition, and aired on the Goldstone Network. People, planet, future.